You just, you know, what, you had the wind knocked out of you? What, you, you ain't been rescued from hell just yet? Well, it's hot in here. Not compared to where you might be going. We can get the air conditioner fixed. How about the attitude? Do you know how good God's been to you? I said, do you know how good God's been to you? I think, I think, we, ought, I think we ought to stand back up to our feet and give God a praise like he's done something awesome in our life. Come on, somebody. Give him a shout and a victory praise. Father, we magnify your name. We magnify your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Be glorified. Be glorified, Lord. Amen. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Tell them them now you're living it. Amen. You can be seated. I won't even make you stand up again. If you're here today, you don't own a Bible. If you hold your hand up there, so this will bring you one. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody gets a copy of the Word of God. Guys, get in the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Invest the Word of God into your life. It's going to save your bacon in just a few moments. Okay, the Bible says in Isaiah that you'll hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the left or to the right. You know how many believers go through life looking like they're lost? There ought to be a difference between you who have been found and those who have been lost. We sang it this morning, I once was lost, but now I'm found. It would be really cool if we acted like it. Yeah. You'll hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's not an angel on assignment. That's the word that you put in yesterday that's going to tell you left or right tomorrow. A word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk it, turn right. But we go through life like we don't know what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. Why? Because we ain't got no word. We, we, we've got something that somebody else said or, or we, you know, you, you think that you're going to get enough out of today. You, coming to church on Sunday mornings is not going to empower you by itself to be a victorious Christian believer. You'll get enough poop kicked out of you between now and Tuesday. You're going to have to have some more word. Come on, somebody. Here we ought to be damaging, you know, the powers of darkness. We ought to be humiliating hell. We ought to have all of hell just running from us. And by the middle of the week, we're we're tore up from the floor up because we ain't investing the word of God in our life. Get God's word in your heart. Thank you for that crazy response. Amen. Are you praying a lot? You know, people who don't pray very much aren't expecting very much. Then they get exactly what they were expecting and act like they just got ripped off. <laughs> weren't expecting nothing and then mad when it, nothing happens. Well, that's what you've been believing for. What are you believing God for? Are you believing God for some big things? You, you know, in reality, in reality, the, the, the life that God's called you to live, this faith walk, man, and, and the ability to believe God for massive, huge, great thanks. It ought to, you know, if you're, if you're not just a little bit nervous, you're living it wrong. 365 times in your Bible is the phrase, fear not, or be not dismayed, or be of good courage. It makes a reference to not living in fear. That's one for every day of the year. Why? Because if you live this right, it should be scary. And what scared you last week ought to be no problem this week, so now you're going to a new level of scary. Some of the things I'm believing God for, I have to be careful who I tell. Because they immediately want to, oh, that's stupid. You know, that ain't going to happen. You want to make a bet? Got you in here, didn't I? <laughs> believing God for some big, big thing. What are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? What is it that's dictating your steps and, and, and drawing you to live the life of faith? Increase your level of expectancy. Man, believe God for something huge. Believe God for a real breakthrough. Believe God that his promise is going to be produced in my life because I'm going to do exactly what he said. And when I do what he said, he produces what he promised every single time. Look at somebody tell him every single time. You know what I've noticed? Is a lot of us, we just think wrong. 
We just think wrong. We're not in our right mind. Oh, come on now. Well, I've been in church 25 years. Well, I know you think wrong. Because <laughs> uh, some of the stuff that they really pounded into us growing up, it, it wasn't necessarily evil, but it was not Bible either. It was just stuff. We think wrong. Remember the prodigal son? He wanted his inheritance early, and he got it. So he left home, separated himself from his family, his friends, the life that he'd been raised in, went off and did his own thing, lived his life his way. And it wasn't long till he was, you know, down all the way to the bottom. He was eating what the pigs were eating. Things weren't going good. Sometimes we read that and think like that took about 36 hours. No, there was this huge process. There was a season in his life where he was like, I knew it. Man, this is awesome out from under the instruction of my father, out from the, the, you know, the burden of having to deal with my brother, out from all the responsibilities of the house. I got my life, got my money, got my thing. Some of you guys are there right now. You think because it's going smooth, I was right. I was right. But, you know, He was so messed up in his thinking that the way he thought impacted his emotions. Go figure. And his emotions made his choices, just like yours. And his choices determined his actions, just like your choices determine your actions. And his actions were so consistent that they became habits, and those habits created his character, and his character dictated his final outcome. So even though things were looking good, he didn't have the character to sustain that lifestyle. So his character, rather than elevating him, sunk him like a rock. I don't care who you are. Your final outcome, the end result, is not determined by the devil, by your boss, by your employees, by your mama. It ain't the government. It ain't the economy. It's the characteristics that you have developed. If you got the wrong character, you're going to have a wrong outcome. And you might have a season where it looks really sweet, but all of a sudden you wake up and you're eating what the pigs are eating. But the moment, you know what's so awesome about God? Is that here's a guy separated, living his own way, doing his own thing, and wham! Wow. I'm going to kick some devil booty today. These people are moving back. Oh, my God. That book in your lap is alive. Man, a collision, an epiphany, an enlightenment. Suddenly, he's like, wait a minute. Even servants at home have a better outcome than this. Got a good friend. Started living life his way. Making his choices, doing his thing. And there was a season, it looked cool. And in a couple of days' time, just, just in a couple of days' time, his house fell apart. His job didn't want him. He worked the same place for years. Not no more. Nothing looked right. Why? Because his character could not sustain that. But God in his mercy, wham! Lights come on. The minute the prodigal got in his right mind, his whole world turned. Get, get what he said. Servants at my father's house live better than this. We've got to get in the right mind. I would be willing to lay everything I own on the line today 
and make a wager that there's areas of your life where you're not thinking right, where you don't see it correctly. Just because you think it, that don't make it right. There are areas of your life, there's areas of my life, where God's dealing with me saying, Tom, what are you doing? And I say, I don't know. <laughs> God starts shining the light. You, you know the difference between wisdom and knowledge, right? Knowledge is like the toolbox filled with the tools. Have you noticed, guys, that you really don't need the toolbox filled with tools most of the time until it's dark and you're alongside the road? Wisdom is the flashlight that shines into the toolbox so that you can see the tool to get the right one. You got the tools, you just ain't got no light. God started shining a light in certain areas of my life, and he said, what's going on there? Have you noticed, Tom, that when you hear me and do what I say, things go well with you? And when you hear me but do it another way, you get a different result. Have you noticed? And I'm like, this is a message, isn't it? You want me to share this with Shelby, don't you? And he's like, no, Tom. And he takes the flashlight and he shines it into my face. No, I'm talking to you. Now God's talking to you. When we hear God, and apply that to our life, we get well. But when we, when we allow other things, other voices, other thought processes to begin to dictate the decision-making process, we begin to miss what God was trying to connect us to. Jeremiah 29, 11. God's got a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. To give you hope in the future, God's plan is to give you what you need to get in his plan, to reach the end of his plan. And we have an enemy that's trying to separate us from that plan. Any other voice, any other insight, any other thought that's not from God is not going to lead you to where God wants you. But we're not in our right mind. We don't think right. We think we probably know as much as God. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call on me and I'll answer you and show you great things that you don't know. When's the last time you called God? Been a long time. You know why? Because you already think you know everything. Well, I do this every day. I don't need to talk to God about this. This is what I do every day. That's what Peter said when he'd fished all night and caught nothing. And then he said, on the ground of your word, I will lower the net again. You know what he said? He said, I'm going to do what I always do, but I'm going to do it by the way you said to do it. And when he did what he had always done with getting no results, when he did what he'd always done, according to the way God said to do it, he got so much fish, it almost sank him and his partner's boat. When are we going to get it? Look at your neighbor and say, man, you really need this. Romans 12, check it out. Romans 12, from the New Living... Just two verses. Check this out. Romans 12. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. I'm begging you. Give your body to God because of all he's done for you. Look at what God's done for you. Look at what God's done for you. Well, I got these problems. Shut up. If it wasn't for the love of God, you'd be a greasy spot in the carpet. Look at what he's done. So give your body to God. Let it be a living, holy sacrifice. The kind he will find, the kind he will find acceptable. The kind he will find acceptable. We don't care whether it's acceptable to you. Is it acceptable to God? Oh, you mean there are some that aren't acceptable? There's an offering. I could, I could live my life as a sacrifice to, to God and it's not acceptable. Yeah. Hey, guys, guys, think with me. You go to the flower shop and you buy, you, you buy a dozen roses and you come home and you got the roses, you got to give them to your wife. You, you know the drill. We got the roses. We come in. We're holding them like, 
Honey, come here. Take these, they're heavy. At first she's a little excited. What are those for? Can't remember. Take them. Love you. Better yet. It's all right, babe. They were on sale. <laughs> really means something, don't it? She's thinking to herself, sit down and eat them. <laughs> well, I brought you roses. Look at the dude. You're thinking wrong. Sometimes we, that's the way we act. We go through life like this living sacrifice. Here I am, God. Hurry up. So I got stuff to do. They're having a big sale down at G.I. Joe's. Want to beat the Baptist to lunch? Hello? I've been in church my whole life. You cannot beat the Baptist to lunch. You. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to call, I'm going to call my, my pastor friend today and tell him, he's bad, but I'm going to tell him, you know, I just figured it out. You can't beat you guys a lot. There's an acceptable, how do you live your life for God? Is it acceptable to him? You know, is it a sacrifice? Do you, do you think it's sacrifice to serve God? Wrong mind. Wrong mind. It's not a sacrifice to serve God. I said, it is not a sacrifice to serve God. It is awesome opportunity to be connected to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to know that the creator of the universe has also carved out a path for my life. And when I serve God, I can't miss destiny. My God. The kind he finds acceptable. This is the way we worship him. Look, look at verse 2. Check this out. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person. God's trying to transform you into a new person. But we end up looking just like the world and being shaped by all those other voices and listening to all those other thoughts and getting farther and farther from who God's called us and created us to be. We lose our personality. We lose our voice. We lose our uniqueness. We can't be tell, you, you know, you can't tell the difference between us and the world. You, it's not just us and the world. It's that you can't tell the difference between that guy and that guy who both call themselves believers, but you can't tell any difference because they look like everything else. God created you with some very unique qualities. You're a part of the body. And there's something in you that ain't in anybody else. God wants to bring it to the surface, but you keep pushing it down and hiding it. Why? Because of what other people around you are going to think and how they're going to react. And, 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 oh, all of a sudden, we're not in our right mind. We're in their wrong mind. God wants to transform you into a new person. Look at somebody say, hello, Say, Happy New You. How does he transform you into a new person? By changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. Isn't it funny that in church we think the way to become a new person is to stop stuff? We got to get rid of the bad. That's it. We got to get rid of the bad. So we build hoops and have people jump through them. And if it looks really easy, we set the hoops on fire. Right? You got to quit that, quit that, quit that, quit that, quit that. I got news for you. The absence of badness does not equal the presence of goodness. Just because you ain't doing the wrong stuff don't mean you doing the right stuff. God wants to transform you by changing the way you think. He wants to cause you to become a new person, the new you, the real you, the real you. 
He changes the way you think, and then you'll learn to know God's will. It, you realize that if you don't let God transform you and change the way you think, you will never know God's will. I've had people all my life, and, and hundreds of them come to me and say, how do I, I, just, I just don't know about the will. Of, what's God's will for my life to change the way you think? Because, see, if he doesn't change the way you think, you'll never know that God's will for you is good. See, you think you think that what God's asking you to do is going to separate you from stuff you like. But if you change the way you think, you realize that God's will is going to connect you with stuff that's going to bring fulfillment. You think that if you go after God's will that you're going to lose your friends. No, God knows that if you go after his will that he's going to bring your friends to a new level of understanding. He's going to connect you to a family that goes way beyond anything you've ever been a part of. He's going to infuse you with life and strength and hope and joy. But because we think wrong, we're under the impression that if we did what God wanted, it would cost us something. Wrong mind. Wrong mind. Look at James 1. James 1. King James, this is great. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Isn't that cool? <laughs> That's cool. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. I don't know what it is. I just love to say that. <laughs> it's like cool and religious at the same time. Say superfluity of naughtiness with me. Ready? Superfluity of naughtiness. Oh, come on. Say it again. Superfluity of naughtiness. Isn't that cool how it just rolls off the tongue? One more time. Superfluity of naughtiness. What the heck is that? <laughs> That's the overflow of naughty. That's the lifestyle that was developed before you came to Christ and allowed him to renew your mind. How do I get rid of that? that it, I thought you just said I wasn't supposed to try to get rid of that. You know, we think that if we stop doing stuff that suddenly we're going to be right. And we get so focused on not doing what we shouldn't do that we always forget to... If you want to fight temptation, you're going to get your hiney kicked. A man that drives by the donut shop every day on his way to work, lucky sucker. He gets up and leaves the house one day and he says, you know what, today I will not stop. I refuse. I will not stop at the donut shop unless that parking space and right by the front door is empty. It's the only way. I'm going to drive right by unless that spot right in front is open. And sure enough, after only four times around the block, that space was empty. Fighting temptation, wrong battle, wrong mind. Wrong mind. It's not stopping stuff, it's starting stuff. How do I get rid of the lifestyle that, I, that I'm trying to get rid of? Oh, by receiving with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. By, 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 by receiving, receiving with meekness. Meekness simply means a teachable spirit. Just have a teachable spirit. Why? Because you're, you're thinking this way, but God needs you to think it that way, so we're just going to start thinking that way, and we'll be thinking that way so much we won't have time to think that way. You with me? Am I going too fast? Receive with meekness the engrafted word. All my life, all my life, I picture, you know, the engrafted word. What is engrafted? Well, you know, that's the orchardist who goes out to the peach tree, cuts off a chunk. And he connects it and grafts it to the pear tree. Why? Because everybody wants a preach tree. And he grafts it. You know, that's cool, but that ain't what it is. The word engrafted, go home and study it. You, you know what the word means? It means to receive instruction from a teacher. So in other words, how do I... How do I break free? How do I get the chains gone? How do I move into real freedom? By receiving the word of God planted into the fertile soil of your heart from your teacher. This word that we're sowing into your life, 
it really isn't a religious ceremonial effort that we put in because we know that if we don't get uh, 90 minutes out of you every week that you're going to hell. No, this word, look at this, it's able to save your soul. Your soul is the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you make your choices. The way you think, the way you feel, and the way you make your choices. Why? Well, because it's word. Word changes your thoughts. Thoughts create your emotion. Emotions make your choices. Why does God's word need to get into your heart? So you change the way you think. Some of you are under the impression that because you think it, it's right. There's a greater possibility that because you think it, it's wrong. You think your problem has to do with something, and that ain't even what your problem is. You think your marriage is you know, on the rocks because of this. You ain't even thinking right. You need God's word, which has the power to change the way you think which will change the way you feel, which will change the way you make your choices, and now you're on your way to actions, habits, character, and end result. Look at this in the Amplified. James 121, Amplified Bible. Get rid of the uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wicked in a humble spirit, receiving, welcome the word, which implanted and rooted in your heart contains the power. There's power in God's word. There's power in that word. I said there's power in that word. Look at verse 22. The power. Be a doer of the word. It doesn't say stop doing what you've been doing. It says start doing what God's word says. Obey the message. Obey the message. Not the messenger. See, if you're not careful... You're even thinking wrong about the message. You try to connect it to me. Well, you know, Tom. (laughs) You're not hearing from Tom right now. This is God's word. Shock of all shockers, man. I didn't write the book. (laughs) People just, what? Yes, according to the book of Tom, trust me, it would look totally different if I wrote it. You wouldn't be supposed to be bringing 10%. You'd bring everything you could find and get it in here and get it at my feet right now. (laughs) If I was was God, you know what? Think about it. Masses and masses of people who have come to Jesus singing, I surrender all. If I was God, they'd have to immediately get a U-Haul truck, go home and get it. You know why? Because people are fickle, and by the time they get back to the car, they forgot that they just surrendered everything, and they want to keep it themselves. You sing, I surrender all to me, I get it right now. But I'm not God. Say, thank you, Lord. (laughs) Help me, Jesus. Be a doer of the word. Obey the message. Not the messenger. It's a message. Don't just listen. Don't just listen. Don't just come in here and sit down. Oh, wow. (laughs) And get him to go eat lunch. (laughs) I think Tom's a little frustrated today. I know he is. we're, We're not in the right mind. We're crazy. We're crazy. We think that if we come in here and sit down and listen to this and go have lunch and just live next week the way we did last week, that we're going to get a different result. No, you're not. You're just someday going to be bitter. Well, I tried everything God said. You ain't never done one thing God said. You just listened to a bunch of it. Don't just listen. Why? Because you'll betray yourself into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. Do you know how much word you've heard that's contrary to God's word? I said, do you know? Hey, uh, measles. What do they give you to keep you from getting the measles? Measles. To stop from getting it, they give you just enough that your immune system now 
knows how to fight it. You get just enough God's word on a weekly basis, your immune system knows just how to fight it. You get just enough that that old belief system, when the new belief system comes, knows how to counteract it and brings reasonings contrary to the truth that make absolutely good sense to you. And it sabotages your ability to receive with meekness because you ain't meek now because you can't be taught nothing. Why? Because there's a word contrary to the word that you're hearing that's standing up against that word. You know, words, faith cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing. But so does that other belief system. Fear cometh and cometh and cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is the things trying to separate you from the production of faith. Fear, well, I'm afraid that if I trust God, I'm not going to see what he said. Well, you know why you don't walk in obedience? Well, because you don't really trust God. Acts 16, 31, and the message says, if you put your entire trust on the master Jesus, you'll live life the way you're supposed to. And your whole house too. Well, why don't we, why, why don't we live the way we're supposed to? Because we don't trust God. Why don't we trust God? Because we live in fear. What do you mean? I'm not afraid. Yeah, you live in fear. You don't want to know why? Because it's contrary to the truth, reasoning that you've built your life on. The only reason you don't do what God said is because you have a reasoning that's contrary to the truth. You with me? You might have to buy the tape. You might have to play it in slow-mo. We've gotten just enough of God's word to build up an immune system to God's word. And we, instead of doing God's word, we've built up a, 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 you know, a wealth of information to explain why we don't do God's word. Well, that's not for today. Somebody I'll smack you. Well, I don't deserve it. They can have the promise of God, but I can't because I've just, I've just been, I've been, Super naughty. But God's told you how to break the superfluity of naughtiness. I don't care how naughty you've been. You can be ultra super naughty. You can be ultra super naughty to the 10th degree. But the moment you receive with meekness the engrafted word of God... That chain is broken. Why? Because you're doing the word. Look, look at, oh man, I got to hurry. 23, 23. If anyone only listens without obeying, he sees himself in the word, but look, look at the next verse. But he goes away, he forgets who he is. Some of us have forgo- forgotten who we're supposed to be. When you look in the word, it describes who you are, but you go out into the world and you forget who you are. You look like them. You, you, I'm not saying that you dress like them or that you comb your hair like them or that you talk like them or that you sing like them or that you listen to their music or that you shop in their stores or, or that you eat in their place. I'm not suggesting that. It's true, but that's not my point. The point is you live like someone who's lost. No word. We forgot who we were. But there's better news. Look at 25. Check it out. But he, 25. Can I have 25? Hey, better buy, better buy, better give me 25. But he who looks carefully. <laughs> They're going to talk to me about that later. They really are. They're going to talk. You've got to stop embarrassing those people. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm addicted. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law of liberty is faithful to it and perseveres into looking into it, not being a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys. Oh, look what happens to him. He's blessed. One translation says, in all his doing. He's blessed. What does the word blessed mean? Position to win or succeed in every given situation. The guy who's trying to hear God and do what God said will be blessed And it don't make no difference what he's doing. He's blessed. But you have a reasoning contrary to the truth that tries to tell you, if you do this, you won't be blessed. See, it's the fear of trusting God. Look at Matthew 7, 24. We're not making this up. Whosoever heareth these things, whosoever, everybody say whosoever. Who's that? 
any, all, us, whosoever, anyone, anyone who hears these sayings and does them, he's wise. And he built his house on a rock. What's the rock? Revelation. Remember, Jesus, Peter, you didn't get this on your own, Pete. This is Revelation. And by the way, that's where I'm building my church, on Revelation knowledge. So you hear God's word, you do God's word, you're wise, and your house built on a rock. Look, look at 25. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. I thought if I did what Jesus said, life would be easy. Reasoning contrary to the truth. You build your life on the word of God, and it's, it's not easy. It's more difficult. Because now you're having to battle that, that mind storm of the way you used to think. But now I'm over here doing what God says. And the rains are going to come. And, and the winds are going to blow. And the flood's going to be there. But it doesn't fall. Why? It's founded on revelation. Look at 26. But anyone who hears these things of mine and don't do them, he's a fool. He built his house on the sand. And the rains come. And the floods come. And the wind comes. And the house falls, and great was the fall of it. Isn't it sad to think that some people, the only great thing they're ever going to see is their fall? Look at that for just a minute. You hear it, you do it, the rain comes. The floods roll in. The winds begin to blow. Stocks fall. Gas rises. Jobs go. You saw it as a rock. Rain falls. Floods come. Winds blow. Reminds me of another scripture. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You want to know where your greatest, your greatest challenge of thinking correctly is at? It's in the way you think God loves you. Even while I'm teaching you, some of us have a tendency to think, well, if I do the right thing, then I'm, then I'm going to get the, re- the right result because I'm doing the right thing. No, you're going to get the right result because he loves you. It's not because, oh, good boy, good boy, you've done the right thing, good boy. No, no. You do the right thing because you do what he said to see him produce what he promised. But he can only produce what he promised when you do what he said. So he's telling you what to do so he can produce what he promised. Not so you can do what he said, but so he can produce what he promised. Wrap your brain around here. God's not going to heal you because you finally tapped into great faith. He's going to heal you because he loves you. And he loves to heal. He's going to bless you, not because you deserve the blessing now. You finally earned your way. No, no, no. He's going to bless you because he loves you. And he sent his word because of his love for you. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. (sighs) This ain't really about you just doing the right thing or not doing the right thing. It's about you finally connecting to the love of God by changing the way you think. Let me tell you why I walk in the blessing of God. Why I'm above only, not beneath. Why I'm ahead, not the tail. Why I'm the headlight, not the taillight. Why nothing can come against me that, and prosper. Because God loves me. I said, because God loves me. And I got to tell you something, I'm screwed up. There's stuff about me you don't know, and I ain't ever telling. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. The greater my understanding of God's love for me, the more I get it. 
you got to get in your right mind. You got to get in your right mind. I don't deserve this. You're right. I haven't been good enough. That's right. Ain't got anything to do with it, but that's right. I've tried so hard. You've missed the point. You know what's going to happen to you when you're in your right mind regarding God's love? <laughs> they might as well hang close sign on hell. Because it will no longer impact you. I want you to take one step towards the right mind regarding the love of God. You got 10 minutes? Turn that video on. He won't love you any better when you become better. He loves you 100% right now. And even if you have no plans to become better, He will still love you 100%. Because He loves you, because that's the way that He is. And even if you don't want to change, He will love you 100%. Even if you have no plans to walk with Him, He will love you 100%. Because that's His nature. He loves all the way, all the time. His love is unchanging. What will change, says the Lord, is your ability to receive my love. And this evening, I want to cram some more of that ability inside you. So I challenge you, says the Lord, open your heart to me, open your heart to me, and you will receive more of my love than you've ever experienced before. I dare you, says the Lord, come on, open your heart to me, give me your heart, give me whatever your obstacle is, I'll take it, I'll remove it out of the way, because I love you as you are right now. I love you 100% as you are right this moment. I love you as you are. So be loved. You are the beloved. 
It is your job, says the Lord, to be loved outrageously. It is why I chose you. That is why I set my love upon you. That you would live as one who is outrageously loved. That you would receive a radical love. So radical, it will blow all your paradigms of what you think love is. And no, says the Lord, I will love you outrageously all the days of your life. Because I don't know how to be any different. This is who I am. And this is who I will always be. This is the I am that I promised you. I am he that loves you outrageously. And you may love me back with the love that I give you. You may love me back outrageously with the outrageous love that I bestow upon you. And know this, says the Lord, you can only love me as much as you love yourself. So my love comes this evening to set you free from yourself. To set you free from how you see yourself. To set you free from the smallness of your own thinking about yourself. My love comes to set you free from rejection and from shame and from low self-esteem and from despair and from abuse. Because when I look at you, says the Lord, I see something that I love. I see someone that I can love outrageously. And I have so much to bestow upon you, so much to give you, so many places to take you in my heart. But you can't go there unless you allow me to love you. And my love for you will break every barrier, bring every wall crashing down. I know this says the Lord, my love damages fear. My love hates fear. My love will fight fear. It will fight fear in you. It will fight fear around you. And if you have fear this evening, says the Lord, then know that you have a treat in store. Because my perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear where I am present. Because my love casts out fear. Beloved, you are my beloved. You are my beloved. And in my love, I want you to feel good about yourself. so much he wanted to show you how to connect 
to the things that would bring real life to you. We have an enemy who's done everything he can to separate us from the love of God. Because the love of God would lead us into a good, perfect life. If the enemy can get you to think that God's will isn't good, isn't pleasing, it isn't perfect, he'll have you trying to do all kinds of stuff. He'll have you think the will of God is jumping through hoops. He'll have you think that the will of God is you giving up stuff and making sacrifices. But the fact of the matter is, is that the will of God is that you be loved by God. Today, I just, want you, I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute, and we're going to pray. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Tom? I'm ready for an explosion of the love of God in my life. I don't want to live life separated from that love. I've tried to make it about me. I've tried to make it about rules. I've tried to make it about doing or not doing but today, I, I want to make it about receiving the love of God that he has for me. That's you, right where you are. I want you to just stand to your feet. Ready for an infusion of the love of God? Just stand to your feet. We love you, Lord. We magnify your name You who are standing, just come step right out and meet me right down here. We're just going to We're going to let the love of God release us today. We're going to receive the love of God.